Let's all please turn. So I'll please turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, 24 through 27. And after you turn to 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, 24 through 27, if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word, and it's just a short time, I promise you that. 1 Corinthians, chapter 9. Verse 24 through 27 says, Do you not know that all those who run in a race run? But one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Everyone who strives to the prize exercise self-control in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we an incorruptible crown. So therefore, I run not with uncertainty, so I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I, but I bring and keep my body under subjection, lest when preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. I've played many games in my life, many, many games, I still do. Uh, I've played life. The game of life, that is. I played Yahtzee, Aggravation. I grew up playing Aggravation. I played the game called Pitch. You know, I always enjoyed that game. I know some of you hated it, but I always liked it. I played many, many other games. Many other games. But the one, the one, uh, there's one game known as the King of Board Games. Oh, yeah. King of Board Games. It had 5,000 versions of the board game. 5,000 board games, and it's known as Monopoly. Maybe you've heard of it. Anyone here ever heard of Monopoly? I'm assuming you, you know the game Monopoly. I decided to, to bring a Monopoly board game today to show you some things, but you know, I could not find one. I, I have some, somewhere I have a regular one, but of all the board games of Monopoly that I have, I didn't have a regular one that I could find. I know I used to somewhere, but I could find Star Wars versions and Justice League and all these in Indiana Jones, all these things. I just wanted a regular Monopoly board. Hard to find. So I went and bought one on the way here. <laughs> but it was a miniature on the go version. I've never seen such a small version of Monopoly. This is the board. This is the board of Monopoly. So what to get for five bucks, I guess, at the Dollar General. But either way, this is Monopoly. <laughs> That's the size of it. I mean, you wouldn't believe the sizes of the houses and stuff. This is the size of a house. Look, you can barely see the dog on it. Yeah, I hope you have binoculars. And the dollar bills and things and $500. This is, this is what you got. Little bitty thing. Anyway, <laughs> I, got, I couldn't even bring you the pieces. I, I wouldn't have been able to control it. But this is the size of a Monopoly board for that. Anyway, anyway, I love Monopoly. Always have. Then that's something. But I do love Monopoly. Loved it, and I hated it too, because I was never very good at it. Never was. I had, there were so many versions of it. I, I, in fact, I even painted Monopoly on the windows of McDonald's back in the day when they had all those Monopoly games you play, and there's cheaters there in the thing. In fact, I don't know if you've ever seen that documentary that the people who won were cheaters who were involved with the uh, putting it together. But, you know, you can watch that sometime. It's, it's, uh, it was crazy. But that being said, today I'm going to talk 
a little bit of monopoly jargon as I preach, which normally I wouldn't do, but I'm going to today talk a little bit of monopoly jargon as I speak my sermon. In fact, I even bought this monopoly tie a few weeks ago, and uh, I figured I'm going to use it today because we're going to talk about the spiritual game of life. No, not the board game of the game of life. No, no, no. No, no, no. But we are going to speak about the spiritual game of life. And there is one, you know. But life is not a game. It's not. So many people treat life like a game, and it's not. But there is such a thing as a monopoly that so many people try to have on spiritual life. They do. And what is a monopoly? Well, we know what the game monopoly is. But monopoly, the word, there's a definition for it. And the definition of the word is an exclusive possession of control. That's what it means, exclusive possession of control. Now in the game, or even when it comes to buying things, it means an exclusive possession of control on trades or uh, commodities or service. But that's not what we're talking about necessarily in this case. We're talking about exclusive possession of control of a, a person's wants or desires. In other words, someone wants to monopolize you. And we're talking about Satan here. Satan wants to monopolize you. Satan wants to monopolize the people of the world. Wants to monop even Christians. They want to it wants to Satan wants to monopolize your time. Wants to monopolize your 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 personal thoughts. Wants to monopolize all the things that we do all the time. This is what the world wants to do. Satan's the one who's in charge of the world. We know that. Now wait wait wait. I thought God control uh, created the world. Yes. But at this point in time, Satan is controlling the things going on in the world because God's allowed it. We know that. We know that sin is in this world. And uh, the more you're controlled, and we're talking about the world's monopoly at this point, the less you have time or you allow your time to go to God. This is why Satan's always trying to monopolize and have a monopoly on the things that we do. And we're going to talk about all of this, but first let's, let's take a look at a few scriptures. We're, we're going to talk about the last days. And for people who think that we're not in the last days, you're blind, you can't see, we're in the last days. We've been in the last days for 2,000 years. I say it often because it's true, but it's getting more and more obvious. And we're going to talk about it for the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about a few things here and there, here and there, here and there. But we need to take a look at it. Yes, I'm talking about fun things when it comes to Monopoly, but I'm talking about things that are serious as a heart attack, serious as can be. We are dealing with the last days. If you can't see that, take a look at what's going on in the world. We'll, we'll get into all this, except let me just explain to you what happens. Let's take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5. As Satan is monopolizing the things of this world, most definitely is. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, it says this. It says, Know this, in the last days perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, slanderers, unrestrained, fierce despisers of those who are good. Boy, I can see it all over the place. I see it every day on the news. Traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Turn away from such people. Folks, we see it all the time. 
It's on the news constantly, not just on the news, but everywhere we go. We can look at every single one of these things. It's talking about false religions, talking about ways of life, people who are, who are living ungodly, talking about people who have ways of love that are not ways of love. People are living uh, lifestyles that God does not call natural. Talks about it right here. It talks about that all through the Bible. People don't see it because they don't want to see it. But it's right there. How about 1 Timothy 4.1? 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit, well, we know what the Spirit is, Holy Spirit. Now the Spirit clearly says that in the last time some will depart from the faith and pay attention to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Oh, we see it all the time. I see it constantly. I see churches that say they are of the Lord Jesus, but everything they teach is opposite of Christ. You could even say anti-Christ, anti-Bible, anti-doctrine of what we're raised to believe. And people often say, doesn't God love everybody? Yes, he loves everybody, but he doesn't love them enough to tell them to live a lie. Well, well wait a minute, Pastor. How do you know what the truth is? I know the truth because the truth lives within me. Jesus is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and life. And if you're preaching and teaching something that goes anti of Christ and anti of everything he taught, that's not the truth. Why? Because you say so? No, because the Lord God, his word says so. And if you don't know that, then you don't know the word at all. Learn it. Live it. Not because I'm good, because Christ is all good all the time. Let's see what it says in 2 Peter 3.34. As you can see, I'm going to be up and down this whole sermon. I can't help myself. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3-4. through 4. Know this first, that there shall come scoffers in the last days who walk after their own lusts. Oh, we see that all the time. Let's, let's continue on, though. They walk after their own lusts and say, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things have continued as they were since the beginning of the creation. People are always asking, hey, where, where's Jesus? I've heard this my whole life. Yeah, folks, they've been talking about it since Jesus Christ died. <laughs> Ever since Jesus Christ came, lived, died, rose again, they've been saying he's coming again. We've been living in the last days since the book of Acts. Yeah. We're in the last days. They said, well, I've heard about it my whole life. Well, how old are you? I've been hearing people say this since I was 20. 20 is not very old. I'm sorry if you're watching right now and you're 21. You're like, I'm an old man. No, you're not. You're a little bitty. I, I, I love you, but you're small. You're a little bitty kid. The truth be told is, I'm not that old. I feel old, but I'm not. I'm only 46 years old. I'm 47 in August. You know what? I live like I'm 87. I'm sorry if you're 87. I just called you old. But the fact of the matter is, I feel very, very old, but I'm not. The truth be told, though, if you have Jesus Christ, you have everything you need. That's all you need. Have Jesus within you. That's all you need. Don't worry about the other people around you. Don't worry about Satan who's trying to monopolize you. He thinks he has a monopoly on the truth. He doesn't, pardon me, he doesn't know the truth. The truth is Jesus, and you have the truth he's living in you. Let's read 1 Thessalonians 5.22. 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Now, now, I know that we're living in a world full of evil and stupidity and, and, and nonsense, 
But 1 Thessalonians 5.22 tells you, if you get tempted to go into the ways of the world, just remember this. What it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearances of evil. In other words, stay away from it. You remember when, when, when Jesus said this to the devil when he was tempting him? Get thee behind me, Satan. That's right. So remember what was said here, because Paul said this, and it's so true. Abstain from evil. Get thee behind me. Get away from the evil things. Pastor, who are you to say what's evil? I'm not. Once again, it's from the Word of God. This comes from the truth of the Lord God. He's the living Word. If He lives within you, and I pray and hope He does, then you have the Holy Spirit, that's another part of God, who tells you every day right and wrong, and you know that you know that you know. Maybe that's why you're fighting it so hard. But you know what's right, and you know what's wrong. And if you don't, maybe you need to pray about your salvation. Pray about it. You can know. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Oh, yes. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. I've heard this so many times when I was young, and I always thought this meant that I need to quit liking cartoons. I thought this meant that I need to quit liking other things that I liked as a kid. I still like the things I liked as a little kid. <laughs> but that's not what it means. Listen to this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. And I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. This is telling us to grow up spiritually. This is telling us to stop living like an immature Christian. But to grow up and let the Holy Spirit grow through us. That's what it's telling us. It's not telling us what our likes and dislikes ought to be as a human being. This is telling us what our likes and dislikes ought to be in a spiritual relationship with the Lord. That's what it's saying. I one time had someone say, this is why you shouldn't like Mickey Mouse anymore. No, it's not saying that. I'm an, I, I'm an artist. I'm an animator. It's not what I'm saying. It's saying that you shouldn't be immature spiritually. You need to grow with the Lord. Don't stay as a newborn baby infant Christian your whole life. You can't do it. I'm talking about your Christian life now. Here's the fact. Here's the fact. The world tries to monopolize and have a monopoly on all sorts of things. The world tries to have, and I'm talking about Satan now, through the world and the ways of sin, it tries to have a monopoly on freedom of speech. It doesn't want you, the world of Satan doesn't want you to be able to speak and say the truth of the Lord God. No, 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 no. When they talk about the freedom of speech, by the way, this nation was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. But they don't want you to know that. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, they don't want that. Of the 56 men who founded the God, founded the, uh, the, founded our uh, nation, and when they, they started f signing out the, the Constitution, no, 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 no. They, they had 53 who were members of the church, but they don't want you to know that. But so when it comes to the freedom of speech, they don't want you to have freedom of speech. They want them, the world, the Satan's people, to have freedom of speech, but not you Christians. No, you're supposed to shut up and say nothing. You're not supposed to be able to speak. No, 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 no. They twist it all around. They want the world. They want Satan's people. And I'm talking about those who are lost. They want them to have freedom of press, but not you. They want to have the freedom of the news. They want to have freedom of that, but not you. No, no, you don't get a chance to have that. No, not you. They want to have freedom on the internet, but not you. No, 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 not you. They want to have freedom on television, but not you. 
You, they want to have freedom of the movies, but not you. They want to have freedom on games and other things and, and, and freedom in school. And they want to have freedom of the young's mind, the young one's mind. Get into those little minds, manipulate those little minds, take advantage of them, change it, brainwash the young. That's what they want. Satan wants to get in there and manipulate those little brains so they don't believe there's any truth anymore of the Lord God. Why? Because if they could do that, then they could change the future of this nation and all around the world. They want to have freedom of science. Folks, God created science. They want to even have freedom of this earth. They made a religion out of going green. It's stupid. They want to have freedom of all that stuff. Well, it is stupid. They want to have freedom of all that stuff. But God created nature. God created the earth. God created all these things. And if you're going against God and all these things, and you're wanting to take the freedom of all these things, but yet you don't have freedom of, of religion, and freedom of following the Lord God, what you're doing is you don't have freedom at all. You have imprisonment. But they want to monopolize these things so that you can't even question it. But we're not going to have that. And the list goes on. They even want to have the Bible, and they want to twist it. They don't want you to know the word. And folks, if you don't know the word, and you don't know the understanding of the word, then they can pervert it so that you don't even know how to make a stand for the word and know how to stand up when the time comes. But we're not going to have that. You know why? As I say over and over and over again, 1 John 4, 4, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who's in me than he who's of the world. What are the other things? What are the other things that they have for us? Well, so very often, Going back to monopoly lingo, monopoly jargon, people oftentimes play their monopoly game, and when they play it, and by the way, I've played a lot of monopoly in my life. In fact, I used to be around someone all the time wanting to play monopoly. It's all they ever wanted to do, play monopoly. Well, I was never good at playing monopoly, you know, I never was. And this person played monopoly so often that they only wanted to play and kind of bully you. They'd bully you when they were playing monopoly, where they want to get all the money and all the the, the uh, all they want to have you know a uh, uh, boardwalk and they want to have park place and all these things and it wasn't fun it wasn't fun because they, they wouldn't make any deals with you it was annoying but truth be told is a lot of people want to live their life in the riches they want to hold out and get a big payout the problem the matter the problem is though here in life riches come and go money comes and goes. The riches you get here, they're going to go someday. What does it say in Mark 8, 36? Mark 8, 36. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or as it says in Proverbs 10, 2. Proverbs 10, 2 says, Treasures of wickedness profit nothing. But righteousness delivers from death. You know, one of the things that I remember playing the game for, I don't know if you remember this or not, but they had, if you can even see it from there, it's a little bit of card. But this is a, it's great big. This, uh, they had a thing called the community chest. Do you remember that? The community chest? They would build up money, build up money. I used to love this community chest because if you were down in the dumps in the game, Maybe you could get that community chest, and, and there's different things you could get from it. But I always enjoyed getting the money from the community chest. If you was down the dumps, maybe you could get some money from that. Well, 
the problem is, is uh, a lot of people want to build up thinking they're going to get all this money in the world, and maybe by the time they leave this world, they're going to have more money than they could possibly use. And there's nothing wrong with making sure that you're insured in this world throughout your life. But some people put so much into money and into treasure, they forget that there's a treasure far beyond what's here on earth. That treasure is in the Lord. Listen, we've, we've said this not even that long ago, but Mark 6, 19 through 21. Mark 6, 19 through 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in nor steal. For where treasure your treasure is, there your heart be also. Our treasure should be with the Lord. Not with the things here on earth. Because these little pieces of paper, by the way, these little pieces of paper, oh yeah, we know them well. We've all played Monopoly. They're just little pieces of paper that have numbers on them. Guess what? The same with the pieces of paper in your wallet. The only difference is, besides the fact they're a little bigger than these, <laughs> if you walk in to a store with those pieces of paper, they have trust in those pieces of paper. And that may very change. That may change very soon here in this nation, the way things are going. That may change where there's no trust in those pieces of paper at all. I have no idea, only God does. I do know this though, my trust is not the pieces of paper, although I use them just like you. My trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where I put my treasure in. I put my treasure and my trust in Jesus. That's where all of my treasure goes. Also, people use all that because they want to build homes. They want to build homes. I hope they're a little bigger than these homes here. And they want to build that into, in the game, hotels and stuff, but the truth be told, People want to build mansions. They don't just want a place to live. They want big old mansions. But folks, just like we just read, that's all going to fall apart. Moth and rust. Someday this earth is going to be completely different than it is now. Those homes will stand no more. They'll stand no more. They'll stand no more. I oftentimes go into old neighborhoods and I see homes that were once beautiful and wonderful, and now they're trash because people trashed them. They didn't take care of them. Though there are mansions on earth now, they'll be destroyed. But we, folks, we who live for God, we who are living for the Lord God, the Lord God is going to give us mansions in heaven. We're going to receive mansions in heaven. Listen, I'm going to read these to you because they all go together. John 13, 33. And stay with me there because I'm going to move on from there. John 13, 33 says, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me and as I said to the Jews, so now I will tell you where I am going, you cannot come. He then went on from there in John 13, 36 through 37. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Well, we know how that went. But then in John 14, 2 through 3, Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. God has prepared through Jesus, has prepared mansions for us, for those who are his children. But how many people are not going to receive mansions because they have not allowed the Lord Jesus to set them up? I realize a lot of people are going to hell, but I'm talking about those who are going to heaven. All these things they could receive, they're just getting people say, well, I'll just be happy with a little bitty hut. But you don't need to get a little bitty hut. Jesus Christ wants you to have mansions prepared for you. Why would you want a little bitty hut? Jesus wants to give you mansions, mansions. That's not about the things. Not about the things. Another thing that I always loved, that I always loved when I was a, a kid, was the place where you say, and when I'd be playing uh, Monopoly, you'd always go around, and I always afford to get to go. Because when you get to the go on the Monopoly board, that's this great big board right here, and it says go right here. I always love that little red arrow, because if you go to go, and you go to there, you get $200. 200 whole dollars. Now, when I was a kid, $200 seemed like more than I could possibly imagine. Of course, it was worth more then. But this is just little paper dollars. It don't mean anything. But either way, it meant a lot to me then. But once you go there, here's the problem. Sometimes you get a, a card or you land on something. It says, do not pass go. Do not collect the $200. Oh, that seemed like more than I could possibly bear. You know what I mean? Here's the problem. There's a lot of people living in this world right now. A lot of people living in this world. And all they're doing is living life the way they want to. And they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. They believe, because they've been taught this way, that God loves them just the way they are. And they, they don't need to ask him into their heart. That they don't need to do any of those things. Because if God really loves me, won't he just accept me the way I am? He, we don't need to do anything. And it really breaks my heart to think that they're not doing what they can do before they go around that board of life before they come back around. Because folks, once you get to that, they're going to see a horrible thing on their grave. They don't get to go to heaven. It's going to say, do not pass go. It's going to say, you do not get to collect eternal riches. They're not going to get that. Folks, the only people who collect eternal riches are the saved. Not because we have earned those eternal riches, even though we work and God's given them to us, but it's because we have received that eternal gift from the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says in John 14, 6, going back to John 14. In John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So many people are always trying to find another way, but you can't. You can't. People are on the board of life believing they're playing another game. This is not shoots and ladders. This is not any other thing where you can find your way through and jump all these things. No, 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 no. In the game of life, and I'm talking about our life here, you cannot find another way to heaven. You can't. There's but one way through Jesus Christ. He's the only way. He's the way, the truth, the life. Only through Christ can you get to the Lord God in heaven. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2-3. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2-3. 
For you know perfectly that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. And we will not have to worry about it, we who are saved. But I'm concerned for those who are not. And I love the verse John 3, 36. As he was speaking to Nicodemus, Jesus was. Jesus said, he who believes in the Son, John 3, 36, he who believes in the Son has eternal life. But listen to this now. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. I love all people. Jesus loves all people. The question always comes up, if God loves all people, why does he send them to hell? And I'll say to you, as I've said a million times before, God doesn't send people to hell. They send themselves by not asking Jesus into their heart. My mother was talking to me just a few days ago about my father. How he one day was called, I believe it was Sunday, maybe it was Saturday, I don't know. I, I wasn't born yet. But uh, he was called to go and speak to a young man who was living a rough life. This is back in the early 70s. And he went and spoke to him. And he just would not. He would not relent and would not ask you to sit in his heart. My father went back home and he got a call a few hours later and the young man died. In a, uh, I think it was a motorcycle accident, but he, he died. My father cried hard over that, the thought of that young man. And, uh, you know, we're never promised tomorrow. We're never promised the, late, the rest of today. We don't know when Christ is going to come back, but I do know one thing. I do know. I know where I'm going. Not because I deserve it, because I don't. I don't. But I know one thing. I have a mansion for me. It's going to be bigger than this. I hope, because I'm not going to fit in that. <laughs> do you have a mansion waiting for you? Do you have a home waiting for you in heaven? If not, that can change this very hour. That can change this very moment. Call unto Jesus Christ. Call on to him. Become the child of God through Jesus Christ. It can happen this very day. You know, the one thing I really always hated, and I mean hated about playing Monopoly, was when I would land either on a corner here that would say, go to jail, or I landed in this ugly dude that looked like a monkey to me for some reason where it says in jail every time i landed in that it ruined the game for me because i could never get out i could never roll the dice enough you should see the size of the dice that came with this thing this oh my goodness this is ridiculous but anyway i it's rather smaller than that anyway so i hated being in jail in this thing the sad thing is for those who have not asked jesus christ to be their lord and savior Someday, and the day's going to come, where they're going to go to jail. Permanent, eternal jail. People try to joke about it. They try to make movies mocking it. But it's nothing to laugh about. 
There's nothing to make fun of. Listen to what it says in Revelations 21, verse 8. And there's a lot of verses that talk about hell, and we'll just go through a few if we can. Maybe more. Revelation 21, verse 8. It said, Revelation 21, verse 8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their portion in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Now this is talking about after hell and going into the lake of fire. But here's the thing. I want this to be clear. So many people always think it's only the murderers, only the horrible, horrible, horrible. Folks, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if you have not asked Jesus Christ to save you from your personal sins, you're going to hell. I don't want anyone to go to hell. I hate when people tell people to go there. I hate when people joke about that or say the word, curse word saying that and, and say, I want so-and-so to go there. You need to go. Oh, that person deserves to go. Listen, everyone deserves to go there. The person that says another person deserves to go there deserves to go there. We all deserve to go there. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, Romans 3.10. There's none righteous. No, not even, not even, not even one. I deserve to go to hell, but thank you, Lord Jesus, I'm not going to go to hell. Oh, I dreamt about it as a young man, even, yes, even a couple years ago, I dreamt about it, and I woke up sweating. Thank you, Lord God. It was just a dream, but I'm not going. Are you sure about that? I know I'm not going there because greater is he who is in me than he was of the world, 1 John 4, 4. Thank you, Lord. You saved me from my sins at the age of seven years old. But, Pastor, how are you better than me? I'm not better than you. But Jesus Christ is better than all of us. And if you ask him, he'll save you. Oh, praise the Lord God. Guess what it says in, Re in Revelation 20, 15? That's what it says. Anyone whose name was not... No, here we go now. This is why you must be saved. Oh, you must be saved. Let your name be written by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, listen now. Revelations 20, verse 15. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Jesus Christ died for you on the cross. He wants to have your name written with his blood in the land book of life. But if... It's not, you're not going to heaven. You don't want to go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. Please. Matthew 25, verse 41. Then he will say to those at the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepare, prepared for the devil and his angels. See, it's not prepared for you. Hell is not prepared for you. The lake of fire is not prepared for you. Prepare for the devil and all those other heathen fallen angels. Matthew 25, verse 46, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Mm, it goes on and on and on. But here's the thing. This is what I'm so happy about. When I used to play the game of Monopoly, and I was told I had to go to jail, sometimes I was very blessed, and I had this little card of chance. Yeah, there's a hard chance. I'm not going to take a chance, folks. I already have the one ticket to get me out of jail. 
That ticket is Jesus Christ. It's keeping me out of jail. I'm not taking a chance. I already know through the blood of Jesus, I'm not going to jail. I'm not going. How about you? I'm not going. Who has that card? It's not a chance because you know he already paid it on the cross for me, for you, for thee. If you have already got this card, you don't even have to ask a question anymore. You already know it's written in blood and it's for you. Who has it? Do you have it too? Hallelujah. I know where I'm going. <laughs> I already know, and it's not going there. As I said a while ago, Romans 3, 23, for all his sin falls short of the glory of God. And there's another one, there's another verse I usually say with it, and it starts this way, and it starts sad. For the wages of sin is death. And as I said, I'm not going to take a chance. I've got the card I need. For the wages of sin is death, but, but, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I have eternal life through Jesus. No, there's no other way. No other way. And so, and so, I now read 2 Timothy chapter 3, 12 through 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 through 17 says, Yes, and all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Do you suffer persecution in this world? I know you do. I do. I get mocked, made fun of all the time. But it's from Jesus, so I'm okay with that. We'll go on from there. Yes, and all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue in the things that you have learned and have been assured of, knowing those, knowing those from whom you have learned them, and that since childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through the faith that is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have the word of God with us. We have the Holy Spirit with us. Even though the people around us are evil and they and look, we love them, but they're still evil because Satan is misleading them and, and, and misguiding them and manipulating them. We love them and we want them to come to Christ, but the truth is don't listen and be led by them be led by Jesus Christ who's within you. Live a godly life. The day is going to come when you're going to hear the word game is over. And remember that time may be very, very soon. It seems to me that it's going to be a lot. It seems very soon. It seems a lot more soon than it was yesterday. And, and it, Pastor, that's obvious. Of course it's obvious. But I'm telling you, just a few years ago, it seemed like it was going to be a long way away. Huh. As you know, four years ago, I was in the hospital going through an awful lot. Had my head cut into and everything else. And you know what? I felt like God was saying, people have no idea how close the end is near. Folks, I'm telling you, God told me, and it is here. I'm not saying we're leaving today, but I'm saying it's going to come. 
and it's going to come and you better be ready. You better be ready. It's why the sermons are getting deeper and deeper and they're going to be deeper as they come. The fact is, life is not a game. Eternal life lasts forever and you better be ready because if you have not asked Jesus Christ into your heart, you better do it now because you're not promised tomorrow. You're not even promised an hour from now. So you better be prepared. Maybe you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you have not been prepared to live the life that you need to live right now as things are coming to an end. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy 2.22 as we're ending today. So flee youthful desires and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And as we close, and as we close here, I will close by reading 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Because this is what we want to have said as we leave this world. We're not trying to receive the things like a monopoly board. We want to go to heaven and receive the riches that God has for us. It says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much that you are with us. We know, Lord God, that we go through temptations every single day. But there are difficulties that are brought upon us. Lord God, we know that we are covered, Lord, from head to toe and, and left to right and forward and backward from temptations of the world. We know that Satan tries to monopolize the things around us, Lord God, but we also know that you're with us. We know that you're greater than all the things in this world, that we are in the world but not of it. And Lord God, I pray that you will give us great strength. Lord, I thank you for the guests that are here today, and I thank you for all the people who are here, every single one of them. For those who are watching today, Lord God, I pray that you give them great strength. Perhaps right now they're going through great trials, great tribulations. Maybe there's even people who aren't 100% sure of their salvation, or perhaps they've backslidden and they're, they're afraid to, to take a look at, at the things that have uh, made them trip. But I pray, Lord God, you'll help them stand back up, stand strong, and walk following you, Lord God, to let them know that you're with them, that you're not ever going to leave them, and you never have, never will. I pray, Lord God, that they'll stand stronger now than they ever have in their life. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord God, and I pray that we will just follow you with all our heart and our soul. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. Would you stand with me, please, and open your hymnals to number 447.